the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny in for Bill today. He is Grant Bills. Bucks pick up a big win last night down 15 with six minutes left. They come back. Drew Holiday hits a layup. 120 to 119 is your final. It was only the third time, I think, in around 500 tries that a team has come back from 15 points with six minutes remaining. Wisconsin, obviously the massive win on Tuesday. Big Ten regular season champions. A win on Sunday against lowly Nebraska. We'll get it to them outright. Grant, part of me is a little bit concerned about this game. I'm not going to lie. I've learned as a Wisconsin (laughs) fan that whenever you think everything's going right, whenever it all sets up for you to win, that is exactly when you lose. And for that reason, I am scared. Ben Kenny. Ben, 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 Ben. I'm so glad you brought this up because one of my favorite things that I brought up on my show yesterday, if you look through the Badgers season up until this point, they have a couple of really good wins right at Purdue at Michigan state. They have some great home wins too. that really nice win against Ohio state. You know, what separates Wisconsin from Purdue, Illinois, Ohio state, they all have good wins, but Wisconsin doesn't have the bad loss. Like they didn't trip up against Northwestern. They didn't trip up against uh, Nebraska, at least not yet. Knock on wood, like Ohio state did last week. I think that's this team's best trait is they'll get great wins, but even on their worst night, they can squeak out a game that maybe, a lesser team would trip up in, right? Like uh, that Northwestern or the Penn State game. And that's why I don't feel bad. Now they could lose on Saturday, but I'm not I'm not freaking out about it. I'm not worried like you are. Yeah, and well, they've the difference is they've beaten Maryland, which is the crazy part. Listen to this. I mm-hmm. saw this tweet earlier today. If Illinois and Wisconsin win out this week, Wisconsin obviously having beaten Purdue, um, Illinois will be 44 and 16 in the Big Ten in the last three seasons. Wisconsin will be 39 and 21. Illinois will be 4-0 and against Wisconsin in those three years. Two of them at the Kohl Center, two of them at Illinois. Yet, Wisconsin will have two conference titles, and Illinois will have zero. Do you want to know why, Grant? Why is that? Because Illinois cannot beat Maryland. It's crazy. Funny? I also That's think like, that after years and years and years of horrible luck, for Wisconsin basketball, you have Coach K cheating in the second half and the refs completely blowing the game. You have Chris Chioza hitting a three that he will never hit if he tries it again. For all that terrible luck, it has all swung in the opposite direction where every bounce goes the Badgers way. They're hitting bank threes to win basketball games. They are playing teams where, I mean, Purdue had the ball down two points or maybe down three with 25 seconds left and Zach Eady misses from two feet. Like, that never happens. It was so satisfying watching him brick a brick a bunny. Well, Ben, I don't know if you've ever heard this expression before, so let me be the first one to impart this wisdom on you. Uh, this is a saying I came up with, actually. Luck is where prep... Hold on. <laughs> Luck is where preparation meets opportunity. That's it, right? And, like, I would feel like the Badgers were getting away with something with all of these close wins, but the other night against Purdue... Wisconsin hit 11 of their 12 free throws. And the one they missed was the Brad Davison one that was like halfway down and it rolled out. The Badgers take care of these little things. So if they were flying by the seat of their pants and barely winning games where they had all of these bad traits, sure. But they're buttoned up. Like they make their free throws. They don't turn the ball over. They can break a press without crumbling. And then if you can do all those things, you're probably going to get a little bit luckier because you're, again, what is the saying? I'm going to try again. Luck is where preparation and opportunity meet. 
Sure. Is that six, whatever. Yeah, Where preparation know. meets opportunity, I believe it. it is. Yes. So this brings up a bigger conversation because analytic websites hate this Wisconsin team because they win a lot of games close. They beat Nichols State by like three. They beat Illinois State. They, it was a close game. Every one of their big wins. I mean, they're 15 and one in games decided by one to six points, which is something that you would think cannot be sustained over the long run. But I also think once you reach a point, like they won all the games. So you can't just hold it against them that they are winning by a little bit. There is something to be said about poise as a team and about how every single time you get into a situation where it's a make or break shot, it's a make or break stop and you make that play and you make your free throws, then you're going to win those games. Indiana has lost a ridiculous amount of games that they should have won. And I can play. I saw something crazy that ESPN had their, their highest win percentage in like the, the last couple minutes. Here it is peak win probabilities. And this is a little into the weeds, but it brings up a bigger point. Peak win probabilities in Indiana's 11 losses per ESPN GameCast. They have the little graph Syracuse 73%. They lost. Wisconsin, at Wisconsin, I was at that game, 97%, they lost. Penn State, 75. Iowa, 76. Michigan, 75. Illinois, 73%. It goes all the way down. Uh, Northwestern was 76. Wisconsin again, 85. Then Ohio State, 82. And Rutgers, 91. Like, they literally are finding every way possible to lose games. Kind of like yeah. Nebraska football. Don't get me started on that beautiful gonna, football I, I team. I was going to bring that up because you were all over that last season. It's exactly like Nebraska football. They And some of it is bad coaching. Some of it is their offense is extremely one-dimensional through Chase Jackson Davis. You look across the court to or the field or the state or the country, whatever, to Wisconsin, Johnny Davis has hit big shots. Tyler Wall against Maryland. He had that 6-0 run to beat them at Maryland. Brad Davison has hit big shots. And then we have obviously seen Chucky Hepburn do it as well. So I do think we have now officially reached the point, and maybe we did a couple weeks ago, but after what we saw against Purdue and at Rutgers, I mean, this is a team that just wins games. Like It sounds simple, but they win. This is more of an NBA perspective, but I think it translates to college too. If you listen to people who follow the NBA really closely, like nerdy people, they love the last two minutes of a playoff game because in that moment and in those crunch moments, you can pop open the hood of a team and really look underneath and see. It's like, okay, what do you really have, right? What are you really made of? Because any little weakness, any little uh, deficiency is going to get exposed in those final two minutes. And with the Badgers, look at the final two minutes of games. There's not really anything to expose. They have a couple players that you trust 100% get to the free throw line, knock them down, whether it's Hepburn or Davison or Davis. All of those guys can get shots, Tyler Wall too. Like there's not a weakness of this Badgers team that gets exposed in crunch time. Maybe for the, what, what, 20 minute halves. So 40 minute games or the 18 minute halves. I'm sorry for not knowing. 20. 20 minute halves. So for the first 38 minutes of a game, the Badgers are basically as good as a lot of other teams. I don't think they're anything amazing, but in those final two minutes, all of these weaknesses that other teams have, get exposed and the Badgers don't they just keep maintaining and doing their thing for the final two minutes and that's why they keep winning these games yeah and a great media guy out he covers USC athletics I used to work with him covering Wisconsin Matt Zemek has a podcast called the free throw awareness podcast this is free throw awareness month (laughs) it's crazy 
if you make them, you win these games because, and this is what I love about college basketball. It's why I like it more than the NBA. It's because the level of play is not so high that everybody does everything well, where every team has deficiencies and every player does too. Even the great players that we've seen, a lot of them aren't great free throw shooters. So if they get on the line late in games, or maybe they have teammates that are bad free throw shooters in the NBA. I mean, take away the ones like Ben Simmons that are really awful. Everybody can make 70-ish percent of their free throws. Everybody can shoot a three overall. There are guys that don't attempt them, but I saw a video recently of Willie Cauley-Stein. It was like two career three-point attempts hitting like eight straight in practice, right? They're all so good that those things don't show up at the end of games. In college, especially in March, they all do. Yeah, and I think free throws don't lose you games but but making free throws really helps you win games does that make sense like you can overcome missing free throws the bucks won games in the playoffs last year despite Giannis being a little shaky but in college basketball in the tournament there's all these outside factors right you got to consider the reps you got to consider the bounce of the ball the replay the matchup there, there's so it's March Madness right there's all these factors and when you make your free throws it just gives you extra breathing room to insulate you from all of those other things you can win without making free throws, but it's so much easier on yourself when you make your free throws. And the Badgers, again, I'll bring it up. They hit 11 of 12 the other night. They would have been perfect if Brad Davison just hits the front end of that one and one. And Purdue went 11 to 20. Purdue could have won regardless. They certainly would have won had they made their free throws. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's crazy because Brad Davison is one of the best free throw shooters on the Wisconsin team. Yeah. Well, I think Chucky Hepburn had a night where he missed four or five free throws I think against Minnesota yep. last weekend, last week. And then Brad Davison missed a big one the other night. So hopefully it's out of their system now. And we get into March and we'll be dialed. Yeah, but I think there's also something to be said about being in close games almost every single time you play, right? If you're a team that blows out all the bad teams, maybe you lose a couple close ones, you win a couple close ones, then you get to March. We've seen some of the great teams in college basketball history get in a battle with some random mid-major and lose because they're like, oh, we're supposed to have beaten this team already. What's going on? If you're a Wisconsin team that's been doubted since the beginning, that literally grits their way to victory against all the best teams in the country, you look up and down, that St. Mary's team they beat just beat Gonzaga. The Houston team was really good. There were a couple injuries. The Providence team they lost to without Johnny Davis just won the Uh Big East, and they also have one of the highest luck ratings, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) When you're in all these games, it does prepare you very well. Well, that's why... we keep kind of combining the Bucks and Badgers into one conversation. That's why I'm not freaking out that the Bucks are struggling and having to fix issues because look at every champ. Look at the NFL, right? The Rams lost a couple of games in the regular season. We almost forgot about them, and that prepares you, right? The Buccaneers lost to the Bears two years ago, and that prepares you for the playoffs. I think the Badgers being in all these really tough games just makes them comfortable in tough spots, and that really, really helps in March in the playoffs. Oh, and the Rams lost in Green Bay. There were some, mainly me, that called them L.A. soft. Well, they are. Well, uh, Stafford's still not that good. I know he just won a Super Bowl, but <laughs> that's another conversation, another time. Yeah, I'm with you. But the, the luck rating thing is funny because on KenPalm.com, uh, which is, you know, your home for college basketball mm-hmm. analytics, Wisconsin is listed as the fifth luckiest team in the country. While Providence is listed as today or did they go up? Oh, no, 24, all the way up to 24, which is crazy because I can make the argument that they should be a one seed. Do you think they should be a one seed? I don't think they will. I think they should. Really? Because the voting process is so dumb because they take into account these stupid analytics, which 
it's funny because net ratings and Ken Palm, they hate Wisconsin basketball because all throughout football season, SP plus had the Badgers in the top four. And I talked about that all the time because it was kind of true. You know, these ratings are useful for seeing how good a team is, but I think they're useful as the season is progressing and reaching its height. Once you get to the end of the conference season and the conference tournament and a team is in first place, then there's a reason they're in first place. They're just good. Yeah, I think winning a Big Ten regular season title, I just it's not that I don't care about analytics. I, I really enjoy trying to learn about different stats and trying to understand because it, it just helps paint a more complete picture of teams and sports. And I think it makes us better sports fans, but you could say the Badgers were lucky. You can keep them low on the Ken Palm rating, and I check that all the time because I'm curious. That's kind of my measuring stick for where other models and algorithms might have them. They just won a Big Ten regular season title. I, I, I You just can't convince me that a team can fully luck their way to that yeah maybe it's a small factor but you want a conference title i don't care i don't care about the luck then i have to get you into sp plus during college football season because it's electric it's like the ken palm of plus it's the ken palm of college football there's an offensive rating there's a defensive rating and the badgers last year because of their number two ranked defense in the country in this metric behind georgia obviously um they literally, until the loss to Minnesota, they were the fourth best team in the metric, in the country, every week. So then I would tweet it out every Monday. Oh, Wisconsin in line to join the SP Plus college football playoff. And, yeah, we know how that ended. Well, another team that's fitting this profile right now is um, the Celtics. The, the advanced metrics love the Celtics' chances at a title. The huh. computer odds love Boston because of the defense. The defense has been great. So sometimes the numbers can get a little screwy. Like Boston certainly looks a lot better, but they're not the title favorite that a lot of computer models want to make them. I haven't watched enough of them to have the most educated opinion, but maybe these, maybe these analytics things are just because defense has gone away in so many sports, like Alabama used to play national titles and it was nine to three. And now it's 45 to 42 college basketball in the country. Yeah. 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 Maybe because defense has gone away defensive coordinators and defensive minds got in the pockets of you know the nerds and the analytics which i wanted to be going into college and i realized that i was an idiot and wasn't that good at math maybe they got into the pockets of all these people and said you know what pump it up make defense matter again because in a lot of sports like look at the nba right because and i don't even think it's because of a lack of effort i just think everyone's so damn good now that it's impossible to stop teams like because of the rules like if you put two guys in a pick if you put Giannis and drew in a pick and roll at the top of the key they're going to score 80 percent of the time yeah well it's the same with Embiid and Harden it's just you, you can't defend that by the way and I agree with you on defense the Celtics defense has been great 538 has them at a league leading 17 percent chance to win the title which I Boston which I, I this could be another niche joke but if you want any site to you know give a team a chance to win and not want them to win I guess it should be 538 <laughs> See, I got that. Ah, well done. Ah, ah, don't we all? All right. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Grant, I did get tweeted at me uh, from Brantley Bone, said the the best duo comes from a galaxy far, far away. Han Solo and Chewbacca. That's pretty good. That's a great one. Do you have any that have come across? I have a list of a few, and I'm kind of adding to it as I go. A yeah. lot of mine are music-related. Well, I like I that. Hall and Oates. Hall and Oates is a good one. Okay. I also wrote down Rum and Coke. That's that's a great one. That's out of the box. I love it. I know. 
I'll try to think of more. I want to keep working on this list as the show goes along. Yeah, I love it. So Stephen A, and if you're wondering, Stephen A and Chris Russo are together on first take. And while what they say is stupid, it is the best television I've ever seen. I am tuning in because it is so wildly entertaining because they they yell and they yell and they yell. And they finally found someone that can step up to the plate with Stephen A and not get absolutely yeah. destroyed. So I'll play another clip from them coming up next. Let's do that and then get back into the conversation. Uh, more of the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Grant Bills, in for Bill, coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Stephen A., uh, Chris Russo on first take, talking about the MOB lockout and the owners and Rob Manfred completely sabotaging uh, my favorite sport. Coming up in the next hour, Grant, after you measure hand sizes and compare them to Kenny Pickett's tiny hands, I want to talk about the things I can actually do with my life if we don't get baseball. Because yeah. I don't have any summer activities aside from it, if I'm Dude. being completely honest. Uh, let me be honest with you. I will lay my emotions to bear here for you, Ben Kenny. I'm super sad that we don't have April baseball. We might not have May baseball either. It's one of my favorite parts of the season. It's so exciting. We're just, every team's in it and the days are getting longer and it's the best time of year and it sucks that we're not going to have games. I love watching Brewer games every day. And if they lose, there's another one on the next day. I'm going to miss Sunday night baseball. I love concluding my weekend Uh. in my recliner with Sunday night baseball on my TV. It just sucks that we're not going to get that for a while. There's one problem with that, Grant. And maybe I think it is now changing. But I cannot listen to Alex Rodriguez call baseball games. Oh, yeah, they stink. The announcers stink. I like like Matt Vaskirjian. Oh, Vaskirjian's great. A-Rod is... He's the Santa Maria guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's fine. I I can't stand A-Rod. But that's 12.30. 12.30, we're going to scream yell, and I'm going to try to find something to do with my life uh, on summer nights aside from watch baseball. And top of the hour, 12 o'clock, we're measuring hand sizes because Kenny Pickett's hands are at 8 inches, 8.5 inches, which is astronomically small for an NFL quarterback. So that was... Well, let's, let's be careful what we say is small. We're gonna, for an NFL we're quarterback. We're going to into a corner. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I, I, As a radio I teased host, it. That's average, I've been told. That's average, perfectly average. <laughs> well, I teased it um, on my Twitter at Ben Z Kenny because we're going to do that at 12. One of us has bigger hands than Kenny Pickett. I think we both might. All right, well, we'll, we'll get into that in 30 minutes. So that was Stephen A. and Chris Russo. We are bringing up, now that they are together, it is a duo that we were robbed of our entire lives pretty much because they've been in sports media I, I think as long as I've been alive I'm not very old the greatest duos in American society you just brought up rum and coke which I love yeah. I love that comp 
Once you get into the music, I'm not as good. I, I, I'm not as knowledgeable in that, and I'm out front. I don't know anything about music. I've never really listened to music. I've had no life. I listened to sports radio since I was a young lad. So 877-867-1670, if you have any of society's greatest duos to throw out there. I've already got a couple, and we're going to give a shout-out to the best one when we conclude. Do you have any more? I have a couple. They're all music ones. I said Hall & Oates. Uh, I'm a big Grateful Dead guy. So Jerry Garcia, Bob Weir, there's nothing like that duo. Uh, Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds. Uh, we've talked a lot about Dave Matthews on my show the last week, so those two. I like Dave There's Matthews. There's a lot of them. Yeah, I love Dave Matthews. You don't listen to music at all? No. That's weird. So to to explain to you, like when I'm on break for those three and five minute breaks we have, I put AirPods in and I listen to music. Like, well, I'll listen to songs or whatever. Huh. Like any little slice of day that I can be listening to music, I will be. I, I have the radio on whenever I'm driving. Then whenever I'm working out, there's a couple great college football podcasts I listen to. It also, it's part of the job prep. It makes me smarter about the sport so I can talk more intelligently about it. Um, how about this one? Dan Snyder and controversy. <laughs> yeah. Also, Dan Snyder and not caring about controversy. Like, another really good combo. Yeah, the the, the NFL and fake investigations that lead nowhere, and then they yep. instead find another scapegoat to make everyone mad about something else. Oh, Duo. That's funny. Roger Goodell and punishing the Patriots, especially Tom Brady. Yeah, that's going to hit a nerve with my Boston family. They're still mad about that. Your family is from Boston? My dad is from Boston. Interesting. Tried to raise me as a Red Sox fan. My mom is from New York. Oh. Yeah. Um, They ended up in Philly. They did. They did. Oh, why? uh, My mom is a doctor. She got a job at the hospital in Philadelphia. And how it works as a doctor is you finish med school, then you have offers. But I think you don't really get to choose exactly where you go. You kind of are directed into certain cities. And Philadelphia Uh, is one of them. And it's a great place. We get a bad rep. We get a really bad rep. And I understand why. But it's a great place. Does the bad rep only stem from sports and how sports fans behave? Yes. Are they that much worse than every other fan base? I feel like lots of fan bases can be nasty. Don't even get me started on this because... Every there are videos of fights and videos of fans being scumbags all the time across yeah. the NFL season, NBA, in baseball. There were fist fights at Rockies games, and it was all Philly fans at it again. There are scumbags everywhere. Most of the time, there are good people. Is there a little bit of an edge in the city if you are an opposing fan? Yes. Yeah. I cannot go out and defend that, but still, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. That's, that's fun. You want every fan base to have their own little thing. Philly fans are just a little mean and aggressive, and that's fine. Passionate. Yeah. As long as I don't get punched, like, I'm fine. I can take it. I've never thrown a punch. Now, this is the I mean, thing. Everyone brings up snowballs at Santa Claus. I There's a longer story to that that I could go on and on about, but it's not Santa like they were just... No. Uh, <laughs> nor, it was 1960, first of all, which is 60-plus years ago. The normal Santa Claus didn't show up because it snowed a lot. They, they were playing at Franklin Field which is where the Eagles used to play. It is now where Penn plays. They have the Penn Relays there. I know you're a cross-country guy. I don't know if you've heard of them. Yes. Uh, that's where the Penn Relays are. So they're playing in that stadium. Normal Santa doesn't show up because there's a lot of snow. So they go into the crowd and find a 17, 18-year-old who is literally 140 pounds soaking wet. They, he puts on the Santa suit, and the Eagles were like 2-15. and 15. They were losing by 35 to, I think, the Vikings, and the fans were just mad. 
and this Santa came out on the field and tried to get them going. And, and like they weren't having it. They were mad at the team. So they threw snowballs at him. And it's funny because the guy, I, I think he might have passed away a couple years ago. But, yeah, he told the story. He was, I, he was like, I didn't know what to do. Like, they hated me, but I knew it. Like, I understood. So what you're saying is Santa failed to read the room. Yes. And that was his mistake. Or the Eagles All failed right. to read the room and the team sucked. And it's Christmas time. Read the room and maybe don't throw snowballs at Santa. No, that's yeah. funny. I didn't know the, the origin behind that story. That's funny. So there you go. There's another great duo. Philadelphia fans and being hated by everybody in the country. Yeah. I And, and with Vikings fans, man, it's bad. Like, I live right on the Minnesota border. Vikings fans hate you guys. Oh, but I know. I, I, I always found that to be a little bizarre, though. They're like, well, they're classless. Well, why? Because they blew you out in the NFC title game. It's like, well, you guys went and did your skull chant by the Rocky statue. Like, it was going both ways. I, I don't know. That was the biggest mistake humanity has ever made. You think so? No hyperbole there. I'm not going to talk about any of the other <laughs> massive mistakes that have been made throughout the history of time. Putting, putting, putting a jersey on Rocky, which one day you should watch the movie. And it, that was the biggest mistake anybody could have ever made. Well, that's what I don't get is Vikings fans want to be cocky and they want to, you know, go around Philly and puff out their chest. But then when their team gets waxed, you're going to get mad at Philly fans for being drunk and celebrating all oh, classless, classless fans. Yeah, okay. I was drunk. Yeah. You know, and this brings me to Tuesday night, actually. You'll like this story. So I was out watching the Badger game and this is this is the old transition to get back on track about the Badgers. Well done. Beautiful. So I was out at the nitty gritty downtown Madison watching because I tried to get tickets, but they were too expensive. And instead, my friends and I all went out to watch. Now, at this bar, it's a block away from the Kohl Center. It was packed shoulder to shoulder before the game because everybody stopped there on the way in. And then as the game started, it all, it was cleared out mostly. There were a bunch of people there watching. And then when the game ended, it filled up again. Everybody came back after the game to celebrate. It's absolutely yep. a beautiful scene. A lot of joy. There were a lot of Purdue fans, though. And... Mm-hmm. I, I made a joke with my friend. My, my friend shook a couple of their hands, said, good game. You know, I, very, very respectful. And, and they were great. They were great about it. Um, but I told my friend, if you shake his hand, don't touch his elbow, because then he's allowed to punch you in the face. <laughs> well done. That's fine. Man, I, when, when people come and go to games at the Kohl's Center or Miller Park, now American Family Field or Lambeau, you always hear stories about how nice we are. We're always so welcoming, Wisconsin fans. Now, there's always the drunk ones, but there's drunk ones in every fan base, right? Philly and Wisconsin and Minnesota included. We are a very welcoming sports community here in the state, Ben. 100%. I would argue the most. We're, to, we're nice to opposing players. Like yes. I remember Tony Gonzalez when he was, <laughs> was he with Kansas City and then Atlanta. Like, he would come to town. They'd be doing warm-ups, and the Packers fans would come down along the, the edge of the seats and be like, hey, Tony, have a good game today. Welcome to town. We're excited to watch you. There's no intimidation <laughs> from Packers fans. None. None at all. Man, I mean, th- that brings up the whole Grayson Allen thing, which I still... How? Wait, how? I still, I still cannot root for him. I can't do it. I, I just think there is a very strong line of demarcation, especially with Milwaukee fans, between Brewers, Badgers, Bucks, or Brewers, Bucks, Packers, and the Badgers are by themselves. True. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, they are a tier below. We watch them when they're good, but they will never take precedent over one of our professional sports teams. And I think that's why we've gotten over Grayson Allen really quickly. Yeah. I just, I, I don't think I can do it. But 
Speaking of the Badgers, so back the big win against Purdue, I tell my friend not to, you know, incite a brawl for touching someone's elbow, um, yeah. which Jawan Howard, by the way, no one's going to really talk about him leading Michigan, number six team in the country starting the year, maybe to the NIT. Uh, talk about a pretty bad coaching job, pressing with Terrible. your five-star recruit down 15 with eight seconds left in the game. We're not going to talk about any of that because it's a pressure no. man. It's not a press, even though the definition of press is <laughs> pressure, putting pressure on somebody. It's like, no, 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 it was a pressure man defense. Ugh. Miss me with that, Grant. Miss me with all of it. That was an electric week. So we're going to come back. Um, I think my my thoughts surrounding this Wisconsin basketball team changed during a two-game stretch. It went from, I think they're going to go to the Sweet 16, and, and this was after they had already started winning, after the year had gone on. But there were two games that I saw and said, you know what? Elite Eight. I see it now. I'm not going to go say Final Four because it is pretty darn hard to reach a Final Four. As I've said, a lot has to go right. Oh, yeah. But my expectations have changed. And we move the goalposts a lot. Mine did move, and they've only been proven right as the Purdue game has happened. We're going to step away, take a quick break. That's coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Your great duos in American society. That's all coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michaels show coming up 20 minutes from now. We're measuring hands. We're, we're putting it up against the NFL's best or the NFL combines best. But as I said before, we were hitting great uh, break. Ben Kenny Grant Bills in with you today. There was a there was a three game stretch grant that made my expectations for this Wisconsin team jump to the next level. And it wasn't jumping from maybe they'll reach the tournament to they're a lock because that was established early on. It wasn't okay. from maybe a sweet 16 because what we saw early in the season was that Johnny Davis can go win any game. He has the ability to do that. And when you have a team with a vet and Brad Davison and guys around him that are contributing and Chucky Eppern, who's gotten better every single game this year, a sweet 16 is definitely in the cards. That's not debatable, but there's a three game stretch and it's crazy because they actually went two and one in this brief stretch. They had lost to Michigan State on a Friday night. I was there. It was a tough game. Nothing went right for the team. They, they didn't shoot no well. No Tyler Wall. No Tyler right. Wall, which I, I've thrown out the outlandish take that he's the most important player on the team. But that's, that's, a, that's a take that I don't want to put my brand behind. But it's a thought that I've definitely had, right? It's, it's a take that you need to explain. And it actually, like, it makes sense. I love the idea behind it. Is he their most important player? No, but you could put a take together to explain that point and it, i like that it's a conversation yeah it would yes, definitely yes. be a conversation so they lose that game to michigan state and at michigan state hit like everything they looked at it was nuts every time wisconsin made a run michigan state answered and and they've fallen off a bit since then but then wisconsin on february 8th goes to michigan state wins by eight we get the johnny davis waving goodbye and holding an l to the crowd then they come back february 12th and they lose at home to rutgers why does that game not scare me at all? Well, it was tweeted out earlier today by Jim Polzine, a uh, columnist in, uh, covering all Wisconsin sports for the uh, Journal Sentinel, or State Journal, excuse me, and he said, 
Rutgers moved into the top 75 of the net rankings thanks to a huge win at Indiana last night, a buzzer beater. That eliminated Wisconsin's only quad three defeat, and it turned their road win at Rutgers from quad two to quad one, pretty Mm -hmm. much boosting Wisconsin's resume without even playing. So they lose that game to Rutgers, and uh, towards the end of the game, everything just kind of fell off. That was the day that, you know, I famously didn't get a beer with you when you were at Bratz. <laughs> That's right. That's beer gate. I, yeah. We were beer. at, uh, what's that place called? Bratz. Bratz. Bratz on state. That's right. Yeah. Dude, I, I was with my family. My brother, my girlfriend was there. Don't, that's not a thing. It was just a funny story. Which I know. Is why I had to tell Ebo about it and it had to become a thing. Oh, I know. I know. And I just took the loss poorly. That's really it. I like I had tunnel vision. I was mad. I had to like I was like, I have to go home. I, I can't be out anymore. I can't believe they just lost. But then they go on the road at Indiana and win by five. And you had another Johnny Davis moment waving goodbye yep. to the crowd saying, see ya. Uh, then the Michigan game. I'm not even going to call Michigan the most quality win in the world because I don't have much respect for that team right now. Thanks nah. to the antics of their head coach and the fact that they just haven't been that good this year. But those two road wins at Michigan State and at Indiana. And then you could even throw in the one at Rutgers a little bit later, and sandwiched in there was the Minnesota game. But those two games moved me from Sweet 16 to Elite Eight for this basketball team because those are places that in college basketball you don't win. In the NBA, and, we, and we've done a lot of this today, but you could you could go and win in any arena. Home field yeah. advantage is re- or home court, it's real, but it's not like... If you go to the rack and escape with a win, you're like the greatest team ever. Wisconsin was the only ranked team to win at Rutgers this year. It's not prohibitive in the NBA, right? Like it's tough to go play in Golden State in the packed house or to go play in the garden against the Knicks, but it's it's not prohibiting you from winning. It's just a tough environment. College, it's truly like no matter how good Michigan State is, you don't go there and win, right? Rutgers is never really a world beater, but you don't go to Piscataway and win. And they went into a couple of these environments. I think it was 1963, the last time they won both at Purdue and at Michigan State. Yep. I mean, that says it all, right? And it was before both of those arenas were constructed. Yeah. It's nuts. It's insane. So now you look at their resume. They swept Purdue. They swept Indiana. They won at Michigan State, as we said, at the rack, which Jersey Mike's Arena, get get capitalism out of here. It's the rack. They beat a healthy Houston team in in the Maui Invitational Tournament in Las Vegas. They beat St. Mary's, which has now beaten Gonzaga and is a ranked team, has turned out to be a really good squad. They beat Ohio State. They beat Iowa. They beat Marquette, and Marquette has done nothing but climb, really. They've, they, they haven't done the Wisconsin climb, but they've gotten a lot better since they played that game. And then they beat Michigan, which I don't even want to group those wins together. But it was those two road wins, because when you go on the road and you win in an environment like that, when everything's stacked against you, and they're both really close games, really, to the end. The Michigan State game, yeah. they, had, they were more in control. The Indiana game, they had to eke out with a win. But when you go and do that, that tells me that you can go to the tournament and beat anybody anywhere. Well, and you mentioned a lot of the impressive wins. Uh, again, what I'm trying to point out with this Badger team, where's the bad loss? There's not one in there. We thought that Rutgers was a bad loss on the day of. Yep. And it's turned into what? A quad one loss now? With the way that Rutgers was playing, they kind of got hot and, and really showed some things. This Badgers team got a lot of great wins, but a lot of teams can get great wins. You also need to avoid losing to Nebraska, right? Like Ohio State did last week or, or falling against Penn State. And the Badgers just didn't get tripped up. They didn't have that bad loss that derailed their season at any point. Yeah, and I, I love talking about wins and losses as good and bad because they're wins and losses. But 
in the spectrum of losses, the loss to Providence might be the best loss in the history of basketball. The best. No, Johnny Davis, you lose by four or five, and it's close throughout. And then Providence turns around from someone we thought might be good with a really good head coach to the Big East champions and a top 10 basketball team. Yes. Yes. The season, the, you look at the schedule, and it's almost flawless because you can look at every loss and explain it. Not excuse it, but explain it. And then every win, even the bad wins. Again, Ohio State got really hot towards the end of the year, and then they end up falling flat on their face and losing to Nebraska, who's terrible. Wisconsin had a couple of chances this season to do that. One-point win against Penn State. They were close against Maryland a couple of times in Minnesota, and they just never faltered. They never blinked. Even that Minnesota game, which you mentioned, that's the one I circle. The Penn State game as well, that was a weird game. It was like 6-3, to three, 10 minutes in, which is obviously brings up the Big Ten football tweets. When yeah. it was halftime of that game, I tweeted the screenshot of Wisconsin football against Penn State football this year. It was 0-0 entering halftime. That was the vibe of the game. So that was a weird one. But the that Minnesota feels like it game. was so long ago now. I, that I, football game. I know. I, ugh, even though they lost, I, I think that's one of my favorite games to watch. Like Really? Anyway. Well, because it was the first time all the fans were back. It was like oh, sports point. were, college sports were really back. And that felt, that, that warmed the heart. But that Minnesota game, you mentioned it. Chucky Hepburn misses a bunch of free throws. Like, a lot of stuff goes wrong. And then, weirdly, they somehow find a way to win. And I still Minnesota can't. hit a couple of junky shots in the first half. Yeah. Johnny didn't really get goal. He fouled out. And he didn't really have a great game. And Jordan Davis yeah. comes up off the bench and scores six points and looks good. Grant, I think next year, whether Johnny goes to the league or not, which I think he will, I think next year Jordan Davis can be a big part of the rotation. I hope so. I think he's close right now. I don't know that he's any different from Lorne Bowman or Jacoby Neath, but next year there's going to be spots in that starting lineup to have with Davison moving on and Davis moving on. So they have a couple of these wings. We'll see who puts in the work and really wants it next year, right? Because there's going to be opportunity. I hope, I hope it is Jordan Davis. That'd be cool. No more eligibility left for Brad Davison. Well, he'll find a way. They can go find yeah. a year. Find a year somewhere. There's yeah. got to be some eligibility stashed. One of my favorite parts of this season, aside from watching all the national people turn around and finally start to respect Wisconsin, mm-hmm. weeks and months late, but they've they've all started to do it. My favorite thing has been Big Ten fans continuing to just break down at Brad Davison. Being, I, he's played really, it's probably the best year of his career. They, they break yeah. down when he does anything. Oh, Jawan Howard punched Joe Krabenhoff in the face. Well, Brad Davison touched Hunter Dickinson in the first half. Yeah, must be Brad's fault. Oh, we he, he we was, always reverse engineer it like that. If something goes wrong, we try to figure out what Brad did. Oh my God, he tried to sing varsity. He ignited a brawl. <laughs> I tweeted that out. Wanted to sing. <laughs> I have this thing where I, classic sports radio topic, right? Uh, would the Packers be in a better spot with Jordan Love or Mitch Trubisky a quarterback? I yeah. tweet out those kind of joke things. Did it a lot when Caleb Williams, when that whole thing, like should the Packers tank and take Caleb Williams after a year at Wisconsin? Um, I, I tweeted that out as should the big 10 take away Wisconsin's regular season title because Brad Davison ignited a brawl for, while trying to sing varsity. It's funny how it always starts with Brad Davison. Well, what did Brad do? There was a fight or there was a, there was a flagrant foul that somebody had. It must've been something that Brad did. He's not really the button pusher that people want to make him out to be like, he's loud and he communicates yeah, a he lot pushes and buttons. he takes flops. You think so? Yeah. But that's how he plays. It's effective. 
He's not Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart pushes buttons. Brad is just Brad. And I guess if that rattles you, then be better. (laughs) Well, it does. He's not getting in dude's face. He's yelling to the crowd and fist pumping, but he's not. He's not like the Morris twins in the NBA where he's getting in someone's grill. I guess that's what I mean. Well, Indiana fans are complaining about him still being in school. They don't really realize that half their team is older than him. Yeah. Iowa fans complain about him. They don't realize Jordan Bohannon's like 28. Is he still on the roster? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's gotten into some Twitter wars this year. When Wisconsin beat Iowa, there was a full meltdown on the Iowa side uh, because... Uh, McCaffrey, the coach, obviously had a little blow up. Then his son said the refs were horrible, and he blamed Brad Davison. It's like you know, uh, you guys lost by fifteen, and he didn't make a shot. So it, it's well, it, maybe it's not that. And all Big Ten fan bases love to dump on Brad Davison. Like every Big Ten team hasn't had at least one Brad Davison. Like Ohio State had Aaron Kraft, Aaron Bohannon in Iowa. Like we've all had that guy. So calm down. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, we're gonna step away. Take a quick break. There is a little bit of breaking baseball news. We'll touch on that in a little bit. Some rule proposals that I don't know if I like. I don't know if I dislike, but that's part of the new bargaining before our favorite sport. One of the favorites finally comes back again at noon. Grant, I got a great tweet at me. Uh, Kenny Pickett, zero fumbles, not the size of the wand, but the magic of the magician. Well said, (laughs) Scott Harmon on Twitter. We're measuring hands at noon at next on the Bill Michaels show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. Bill Michael Show. Ben Kenny Grant Bills with you on this Thursday. Coming up next Thursday, Grant, I haven't really said this yet. Uh, Zach Heilprin, sports director at The Zone, and myself are starting Mm -hmm. a weekly show Thursday night, 6 to 7, after your show, the Wisco Sports Show, covering Wisconsin sports. Uh, There isn't any only Badger programming on on this great network, so we're we're starting that up next Thursday. Uh, It's at Kenny underscore, excuse me, Heilprin on Twitter if you want to give it a follow. Is Zach in... Hawaii this week he is he's getting married in Hawaii shut up yeah really well here's my story with Zach I've never met him in person I've had him on my show since 2018 and we have this fun little back and forth where most of the time I actually don't think he likes me (laughs) but I know I think it's all good fun but I texted him on Sunday I was like hey can I get you this week to talk Badgers and he's always available like Zach's a monster he's anything you need anytime and he's like oh sorry I would but I'll be in Hawaii and I didn't ask why. I kind of thought he was messing with me. Uh, not messing. Getting married. Still put out an episode of The Swing, which is available wherever you get your podcast. Him and Jesse Temple talking Wisconsin basketball. Great episode. I listened to it. But, yeah, still put out the episode. That's that's dedication to the craft. Uh, Grant, someone tweets at me, Surf and Turf as a good Ooh. duo. It's I good. Surf and Turf last weekend. So, in your time in Wisconsin, have you been – Going to supper clubs? Is that something that you have done since you've been here from Philly? Not really. Um, well, I've lived in downtown Madison the whole time, and n- no. You got to have Ebo take you to one. Get an old-fashioned. I do. Surf and turf dinner, an ice cream drink. Ooh. Um, all supper clubs are different, but you should have Ebo. Wait, but. We should just get together as a group and go to one. By folks. supper club, do you mean a diner? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what a diner means to you. A supper club is, it's an like an old timey restaurant, low ceilings, dark. The decor is, I, I don't know, they're really tough to describe. Okay. Um, shoot, and of course we're doing this on live radio, but <laughs> yeah, get Evo to take you to one. Get surf and turf. Like I had last week, I met my parents at a supper club in Trempolo. It's right on the river. It's beautiful, and I had prime rib and shrimp. Huh. Surf and turf. I ice I, cream drink after. I'm dinner. intrigued. I think I I don't know if it classifies. Someone can can call in or tweet me at Ben Z Kenny if this is an answer. There's a place called Tornado Room in Madison that might fall under that description, but since I don't know, but I've been there many a time, and, and it is wonderful food. I have not had any ice cream drinks from it. I'm looking at pictures. Oh, this is yeah. This is this is kind of what we're going for. Dark, yeah. Basement, the leather bar. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, this it's a vibe. Thing. Okay, so I have been. I I, I guess they're just classified differently. I kind of just yeah. considered that a restaurant. <laughs> See, we we're more we're more cultured in the Midwest, Ben. That's, or, that's where you went wrong. I don't know if it's the Midwest. I just think people are more cultured than me. Yeah, that's where you go to get a fish fry, a delicious Friday night fish fry, this type of year, which I know Evo talks about all the time on his show in the morning, I think. That is not something I'm a normal, I, I don't normally do fish fry Friday. It's it's really? not it's not in the schedule normally. But hey, I, I'm always open to get more cultured and that'll tie in. Maybe I start going to supper clubs at summer nights instead of watching baseball. Good. Maybe that's, that's option good, number one. you connecting our topic. Yeah. So step away, take a quick break. We're measuring hand sizes next. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.